0: Welcome to a handful of hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of a handful of hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Lisa Churney with us here today, who has been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years. She's a host of the groundbreaking confession-based GFR Get F and Real podcast and creator of the 12 GFR Commandments. In 2014, after 15 years in business and speaking on over 100 or over 750 stages, Lisa got fucking real and dismantled her successful seven-figure business as a juicy marketing expert. Lisa learned that just because something is successful and people like it doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. She always knew she had a low tolerance for not being happy. After all, she left a successful corporate career with companies like AT&T and Lipton at age 28. But now she knows her mission is to help soulful entrepreneurs GFR, Get Fucking Real, so they can get out of their own way, help more people, and make more money. Lisa, welcome, and thank you so very much for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So was it fun saying the F word? Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) It's
0: it's so much fun. I I love it. It just, it makes me so happy every time I say it too.
1: It's a very activating word, which is part of the reason why I chose to add it to the get real part of it of is, my mission.
0: Not, not only is it activating it's so unbelievably diverse, and we can use it to communicate very every single very i think virtually every single facet of human life can be yes accentuated with the addition of the f word
1: yes i agree i agree and it's 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 and it's so interesting also how like loaded it is so there are people that they don't get offended when I use it they don't mind hearing it but but they have sort of like this you know, baggage from the childhood of, you know, associations with it. So it's, it's, it, it, you know, I've done whole episodes with, with people just talking about the F word because it's a pretty juicy topic.
0: It it is. It's, I've had conversations with people before where I'll put, use an F word in a post and then somebody will write and say this, I, I, this post didn't need that. Why'd you need a cuss in the post? And I'll always write back what cuss word did I use? (laughs) because you don't even notice (laughs) yeah and i but i'll ask those specifically Say, well what's you know what's a bad word and yes
1: bad word Uh
0: right attachment to it being still bad or naughty or it's a dirty word or whatever that is and and then in so they're so fixated on the word that they miss the message
1: yes 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 and and, you know and uh, me uh, i'm a parent and i've used the f word you know for forever and you know there's such a story around you know kids are just gonna pick up that word and then they're gonna say it and whatever and it's been interesting to watch you know my child who's 14 now you know how how for really not even until recently she just chose not to use it like it wasn't something that resonated with her and you know it's kind of like when you you know when you really give people permission which is what I do in my work you know and I do as a parent you know it's interesting to see what choices people will make really on their own you know, in their own values, in their own way they want to show up in the world. God, that has
0: me so curious. Your daughter, when she does use it now, what context does she use it? Because I remember when I finally got to the point where I was a teenager and being told so long, you can't say that word. So like one of the big acts of rebellion was going to school and saying that word intentionally to fit in with peer groups, but it was always using it because I was taught that it was a bad, dirty, wrong word the ways, the means of expression with it were always in anger or distru- disgust or frustration. It was never having any sort of meaningful ex- expressive expressiveness behind it. It was always very nasty in the way I was using it.
1: Yes. You know, it's funny when you ask me that, because now I'm like thinking, when does she use it? And, I, and I'm and sh- i clear she doesn't use it when she's mad. Like for me, mm-hmm. you know, like I drop something or whatever. I'm like, Shh, you know, I don't actually don't use that word I don't use the F word in that, me, I use shit, you know, like, ah, shit, you know, when I'm driving, like, you know, my daughter's told us, my husband and I, like, oh, you use this when you, like, something's happening when you're driving, and mom uses, you know, this colorful language or whatever, but I think she uses it, um, when does she use it? Like, more when she's excited, or, you know, when she's complimenting, or, you know, or yeah. Or, or, you know, when she like wants to say that she doesn't really care about something, like, I don't, you know, I don't care, but she doesn't use it that much. I have to think about that. But uh, yeah, it's fun. You know, it's, it's fun, particularly in this, you know, unprecedented time where kids are, have more time at home. You know, it's really fascinating to watch her get more clear on what feels good to her and how does she want to structure her day. And, you know, and this is completely parallel to, you know, my work with entrepreneurs and getting real, it's like, how do you want to spend your day? How much do you want to work? You know, what, what makes you feel productive? And we have so much, you know, external messages imposed on us on what is good and what is productive. And, you know, even you said, you know, I would have liked to have gotten more done today when we got on the call. And it's like, I'm hearing that now even more because I know that's such a way that I use to, you know, uh, I'm going to say beat myself up, even though it doesn't feel that harsh, but you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting to see where, how we show up when we really are not worried about what people think, which is, you know, so much of the work that I do with people.
0: Yeah. I feel like too, the, the piece about being more productive, it's, it's almost like a, like how to quantify our worth, right. Especially in the entrepreneurial space where so much of the vernacular is about grinding and, and who, who, who pushes out the longer days? Who's who's in the most undesirable of work conditions where you start out under the desk and you just make it as cramped as possible and that becomes such of the entrepreneurial lore, I think that we get indoctrinated into. And it's almost it's hard to separate from that. Yeah, uh, I agree. Right? I totally agree. you you know, one more question about your daughter, because I'm just really curious about it. I think sure. I want to also acknowledge her too. I think it's so incredible that she is learning and you'll have to, you'll have to check with her now and let me know, but she uses a word, the F word, and she uses it in a like expressive, positive way. And I think it's really incredible at a time when it seems like more and more culturally, we're starting to weaponize words in a way. And we're, we're putting really nasty meanings on some of the words and, and and it, and then attaching everything else, but it's still, it's still just, you know, text on a piece of paper. And I think, I often, I remember I was giving a talk not that long ago and somebody was asking me, how far away do you think we are from like change? And I always said, it's, it's this generation. It's your daughter who can look at a word like that and look at it and just make whatever meaning she wants from it and embrace it. So when you hear her say it, you can't even get upset because you can see the sincerity in her voice with it that you, when she's expressing it, you're like, God, that's so appropriate because she is that genuinely excited or happy or whatever it is for her with it.
1: Yes, totally. And and I, you know, in my work with entrepreneurs that are, you know, I primarily work with people like you that are mission-based, heart-based and, you know, that's the, that's a challenging path because our work is so personal, right? And so, um, you know, it feels more vulnerable and, you know, there's just so much more resistance and things that, you know, keep us from being fully expressed, which is why I've transitioned my mission from focusing on sales and marketing and all the things I'd focused on for all these years to, to the GFR mission, because I feel like we just need to get out of our own way <laughs> before we could do all the marketing and the selling and the formulas and the blueprints and all the things that we've been told, right. we've been told are how we should do it. It's like, there's still, there's, um, there's so much of a opportunity to release shame and be fully expressed and, So, you know, I so see that parallel, you know, in my kid, she's like, you know, she's like a little petri dish for me, you know, for me to just see like what happens because I, you know, from, from very, very early on, I've been very, very, very mindful of trying not to impose my beliefs and perceptions onto her Mm -hmm. Um, from a day to day basis on like what's good and what's bad all the way to, you know, who she marries and whether she goes to college and what time she goes to sleep and what she eats, you know. And, uh, and it's really been a a great space for me to hold for her, which is now where I what I hold for entrepreneurs. So, um, you know, I've even coined this phrase unmentoring, because I Mm -hmm. feel like we've been so mentored, those of us that have been doing this for a while, we're so mentored and so put in a box that it's dampened us and it has created layers of shame because we feel like we're not doing it the way that we were taught or supposed to or as productive as we're supposed to be or i wasn't on social media or whatever judgment we have and so you know it's been kind of uh really liberating for me and for the people that i get to work more closely with just to just to really like what is your voice and what do you want to say and what is the thing you want to take a stand for i call it your soapbox you know Mm. and it's like we, I feel like that's where the healing of the planet, the culture, the world is going to come from is those of us that are on a mission to freaking get out of our own way and get, you know, and, and, and say the things that we really want to be saying.
0: You mentioned shame a couple of times. You're, you're telling me before we start recording that the nature of your show is a very confessional show. And I want to come back and talk about your show in a moment too, especially cause I want to hear the, the F word story for it. <laughs> when you, when you talk with shame and you're working with entrepreneurs and you see it is, is shame one of the, or is it the primary thing that you see that's really inhibiting people from Cause you'll hear entrepreneurs oftentimes talk about, I'm stuck. I can't break through. You, you know, I always talk about the metaphorical wall. And entrepreneurs are we're a resilient bunch, right? Where we've learned to kick, to punch, to bang our head usually. And we thicken our skull very quickly and we'll keep banging our head, keep banging our head, and we still can't get through it. But we're we're committed to banging it. And again, going into the entrepreneurial ethos, part of your part of your licks, as you will, come from that head banging, it seems, or so we're taught but how much of that is really because of shame is it because we're running into that wall because of the shame that we haven't been able to rectify we haven't been able maybe and maybe we're not even aware of it and we're not having dealing with it
1: yes yes so i'm going to i'm going to plug one of my gfr commandments mm-hmm. here because it's so relevant and just a little context so when I was birthing this new mission, which is just a couple years old. So I've been an entrepreneur for 21 years and I have evolved multiple times. And my latest iteration is the GFR mission. And when I was really doing some major um, kind of culling and, and introspection and also like research on how is it, how do I keep like I've been mentoring six and seven figure entrepreneurs for twenty years. What what are the like reoccurring themes? And even though I've been a marketing and selling expert, there there always is this part before that, you know. And and I realized that there was like twelve ways when I was like journaling, and it, it wasn't like oh I need a lead magnet or a you know free thing. It was like oh there's twelve ways that. Like there's 12 things that I keep saying over and over again, you know, that just keep reoccurring themes that reoccur for the mission driven entrepreneur, how we get in our own way. And so I come up with these 12 things. And then I realized that because I'm a trainer and teacher at my core, I needed a question that would help people inquire, like, is this one for me? Like journal or just, you know, really, um, you know, me confront themselves if they want to. And so there's the commandments, and then there's the confession questions that go with them. And there's 12 of them and it's not a 12 step program or anything like that. You can you, just you skim the confession questions and you see which one speaks to you. So having all that, having said all that, and I'll let everybody know how they can get their copy. Number three is so popular on this topic. And so the GFR commandment number three is, don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that confession question is, where am I not speaking my truth? and you know my first business was consciousmarketing.com and before anybody was talking about any law of attraction or consciousness or anything in business and my premise was from the inside out i just knew that i was meeting great people and uh, their marketing didn't match and so i needed to help them to make those things match and find their voice and you know be out there in a way that they were going to attract what they wanted i mean that's where i got started as an entrepreneur and so when I, when, when, when I look at someone's marketing and I feel like they're not fully expressed, I look at this commandment, don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite. And it's, it's those are the fears. And if I, if I'm a doctor and I say X, Y, Z, and this is aside from things that may threaten licenses and things like that, but you know, things that you're allowed to say, you know, if I'm a doctor and I say, I don't believe in uh, prescribing, uh, medications, oh my gosh, there's going to be so much backlash and, you know, X, Y, people are going to think this and this and this. But meanwhile, you have this philosophy and this approach that people, there are people who need to hear that, that will resonate with you and you're not saying it. So is that shame? Um, Maybe, you know, um, and I think, you know, you could say, well, they're fear, you know, they're worried about what people think, they're worried about some kind of backlash, but I think they're underneath that is, well, I'm, you know, I'm a doctor and this is not what I learned. And, you know, my, you know, I don't know. I mean, you could tell me, like, I just, it feels kind of complicated, but it, it does feel like there's always a bit of worry about what people will think, which I think is shame, you know?
0: Yeah. And first I, I just want to do a quick plug of the GFR commandments. I went through them and the company questions, and I highly encourage everybody to go through them. the The commandments are powerful. And I think the questions that accompany each of the commandments are really where the sweet spot is. And if you're willing to, and I, I do it in the comfort of your home, do it somewhere safe, private, because when you do it and you really do it, honestly, there is a couple gut punches that come with it, but they're, they're, they're from the most, you can feel they're from a very loving place. And yeah, I do. I think that there is such a spot of that where it's like, I feel like most of us, we live our lives being who we think we're supposed to be uh, you know, even the notion of our relationships, right? We, we think that we're in a relationship with a person, but really we're in a relationship with the perception of the person and the habits that we have attributed to that person. And right now, like, for example, during this really unique time, perceptions and habits have changed quite dramatically for some of us. You know, most of our relationships are in this nine to five context. So we have a perception of them before nine and after five and the habits that accompany that. And now we have perceptions and habits changing so much. And I think that's a long ways of saying that. So many of us, we live our lives being who we think we're supposed to be and versus who we really are. And when we start to have that, you know, I'll have clients sometimes do, and I work with folks sometimes in entertainment too. And it's really fascinating people who are so great on holding presence on camera, but then holding eye contact with themselves in the mirror is impossibly hard. Now they can do it as a role, as a character, when they're being right. whoever, but when it's them being themselves, it's a whole nother thing. And I think it's that soul to soul peace that we have because we're so many of us, we're looking in there. And I think it also, when you extrapolate that out to the broader world, so much of the, you know, it's almost like the, the social repulsion that we project on the others. I really think it's more about ourselves that we see behavior in others that we know deep down reflects something maybe in us. Or maybe we see somebody willing to kind of break through that shame barrier and speaking what they they believe is to be their truth, and because we don't know or we don't know how to access them, we will then shame them for it, to try to pull the person down. It's just like, you know, we we, whenever I see someone succeed at something, you know, break through some barrier or they they make more money or whatever, I only say awesome. I get the Forbes list every year, the richest people in the world. And I just go through every single name and just say, awesome, 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 awesome. Because it's just, it's, it's like raising this bar of what can be possible. But I think society now we're getting to this place where we're saying we're, we're almost demonizing that and, and making a narrative that makes them so removed, which then almost maybe that reinforces that shame piece of it.
1: Yeah. I I think you're, you're right on. So much of our judgments of others are, Oursel- our, our, is us judging ourselves. And I think that's one of the things that's sort of like my, my magic power is that um, I have gotten to a place where I have few judgments of myself, like mm. my body, I'm curvy, you know, my, I'm lazy. I, you know, I, I love to watch TV, you know, I, you know, I, I will, you know, stay in bed on the weekends, you know, till noon if I my family lets me, and you know, all these things that I can go on and on. I was in a twelve step program in my twenties for, you know, for food, and you know, I, I, you know, I just my sexuality is, you know, been fluid. I mean, there's so many things that I'm mean, gonna I just make a list, and every time I say one of those things, I feel like it's, I just gave that person permission, I just gave that person permission, I just gave that mm. person permission, I just gave that person permission, and somehow somehow by me loving myself i'm giving people permission to love themselves and and if people do get angry at how vulnerable i am it is because it's freaking scary for them to see somebody so comfortable in their skin it's so confronting you know and so it could you know it could you could pick out little pieces well i don't like her cuz she says the f word okay that's fine you know or i don't you know i i have uh, i've written and talked about um, my unconventional marriage where we have had times of non-monogamy and you know that's super confronting what you know I'm, I'm 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 I am sticking it out in this marriage and don't you tell me that there's another way to do it you know it's there's you know and and I, the same in my business like I I refuse to do launches I'm actually creating a new thing called the unlaunch as a launch alternative you know and I, and it's like you know, I just refused to, um, to fall in line, you know, bugs my husband, because he is more of a rule follower. And is like, if I'm, <laughs> there's any way I could buck the system I do. And why well, I get that from my mom. Um, so yeah, I think you're right on. It's, it's, um, you know, whenever if I ever have judgment, which I, I can't even think of anything off the top of my head um, uh, of somebody else, it's something I totally can see. Oh, wow. Like you're, you want to be more like that person or, Mm. or, you know, you find it hard to be more like that person or, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's uh it's real interesting. um, When we really take a look at where our judgments come from.
0: Yeah, it it really is. And it's, and it's like, even when we judge ourselves, it's usually not us judging ourselves. It's us judging the expectation that we believe we're supposed to have that somebody else taught us or society. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. and, Parents really?
1: or society. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is
0: so true. Like when we hear that judgmental voice about ourselves, it really is reflective of an alternative want that we know is available to us. Oh, that person has this nice car. Well, I would like to have that nice car. What did they do to get that nice car? What haven't I done to acquire that nice car? You know, and, and I
1: better do what they did because yeah, it exactly. worked for them and it'll work for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. God, that's so fascinating. And I love what you said that by loving myself, it gives people permission to love on themselves too.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, I have a, a, a membership called the GFR squad. You know, when I, when I decided to do this show um, you know, it's called the GFR show and it, and the tagline is uh, straight talk and confessions from successful soulful entrepreneurs. And so it's all about just admitting we all have been through heck you know and struggle and it all has a purpose and let me share with you some people that have been through things probably way worse than you or maybe just as worse as you and 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 let me show you how it actually was in divine design and it, and it mm. birthed the perfect business for them as a result so those are the stories that i'm sharing and most people come on my show and they will share and confess something that they don't usually talk about or, you know, they, they, they tell this part, but they don't tell that part. And it's so, so illuminating. And I, when I decided to have the show, I was like, I need a community. I I want to have a place for people to go that are just like, yes, I want to get more real. Yes. I can see how like being more unapologetic could fuel my business and help me be more confident and help me be fully expressed and all that. And so, and so in that squad, that's, that, like that's the purpose of the squad It's like just a place that we could just say the things and, you know, and I could be even more vulnerable. And I don't know, it's just like, I don't know. It's like some alternate sort of, you know, model of society where yeah. it's totally okay to be a money expert and to tell people in the group, I'm struggling with my money, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, or to be a relationship expert. And I think I might be getting a divorce or, yeah. you know, you know, and that, that, that even Jesse touches on like a, a, a heart of um, the GFR work, which is that our work is our mission and our mission is our work. And so, and that's one of the commandments is make yourself your most important client. It touches on it. Doesn't really get to really to the heart of it, but make yourself your most important client. So where are, you know, where can you be showing up more for the very thing that you want to take a stand for others? Cause I know I'm GFRing all over the place. And when there's a backlog, you know, it's not pretty. Like when COVID first hit and I was really struggling and I hadn't shared that I was struggling. And then I did a video. I was one of the first, I felt like I was one of the first leader type people just to say, I am freaking struggling. This really sucks. And, you know, so I just, it, 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 I guess my ideal universe is that people just share the things and that they see that they're loved anyway.
0: I was going to ask with having that, that squad like that and giving them permission to, be so vulnerable and to share so openly and authentically what has been the biggest surprise for you that you've experienced through that open floor of sharing
1: so um one of the things we have is a by the way the membership is like 20 bucks it's not a big you know big investment it's just like put a little skin in the game you know kind of kind of kind of a uh, kind of container so one of the things that we do is a monthly confession call and so i'm just going to flash up here. These are, this is the GFR commandments this is what they look like. And this is what you get when you download them. And we just, there's 12 and we just pick one a month, right? It's very handy. Um, and we, so we have a call where like, so for GFR commandment number three, don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite. The confession question is where am I not speaking my truth? So we would just focus on where am I not speaking my truth? And one of the most surprising things for me, Jesse has been how like, I would think people would, and oftentimes I think people would share like big things, you know? Um, And what I'm noticing, it's the little like day-to-day things that people want to talk about and want to confess. So like here, I'll give you an example. Um, So commandment number six is have faith in yourself and in your mission. And the confession question is, what would I do differently if I had faith in myself and my mission? Now, when I did the confession call for that one, Jesse, I thought people were going to be like, oh, I would be, I'd open up a B. you know, I would quit everything and I would go do that. Or, you know, I would be a teacher. You know, I just thought people, that's what people, where people would go. And almost a hundred percent what people were confessing, again, the question is what would I do differently if I had faith in myself and my mission is they all across the board were saying they would just they would do their business differently. They wouldn't stress so much. They wouldn't mm. push so much. They would they would allow themselves to not do the parts that they don't like. If they don't want to be on social media, they would not be on social media and they would, you know, they would just like relax more about it and they would have more fun with it. And that, that was surprising to me. And so that's what I mean, where, yes, some of us have big, you know, confessions, you know, about, about things that they've that we've hidden or we've had shame about. But I just sometimes I think that the power, and I know for me, like I've said, you know, I'm working on not judging the things that did or didn't get done. Like talk about something that it is in a moment to moment, day-to-day, you know, thing. I do feel like um, that's been the most surprising thing is is how really unhappy people are with just the way that they operate in the world. And it's mm. the little teeny confessions and the little teeny ways that they are confronting how how they the rules and the stories um that are keeping them from operating in a certain way like getting up at nine and working till five like as an example entrepreneurs we do this all the time well where do we get that from not that wasn't our natural no one said you know okay pick your hours anything you want no we just did what we learned to do
0: (laughs) i want to ask you about that lisa because i i find that consistent with people i work with too you know you'll have these people that outwardly have achieved so much and the thing that they really want is happiness but it's still the thing that seems to elude them and at 28 years old you had a an understanding a unique understanding of happiness and the value of it how how did you develop that was that something you always had was it a life experience like what was it that at such a young age you could recognize that because most people, I think we live our lives building our lives around our work. And I think the people who are happy learn how to build their work around their life. And I, I just, I, I'm so amazed that you could recognize that at 28. So what was it about you? What was it, was it, was it, was it the experience? What was it?
1: Yeah. So, so I, I feel like this, there's something, a very specific thing that happened to me that, that contributed to that, um, And that is that when I was a junior in high school, kind of in my own little bubble, my mom um, got diagnosed with breast cancer and um, battled it for, you know, six months to a year. And it just woke me the fuck up. I Mm -hmm. mean, I, I, I mean, my parents' mortality, people's mortality, you know, like needing to grow up and help with my sister who was five years younger, um, you know, just, you know, my my, you know, middle class white, you know, world. It was just so there was just so much that I hadn't really looked at, you know, like the fish and water. And and it showed me that life is too short to do stuff to to do stuff that doesn't make you happy. Life is too short to not be happy. Life is, you know, just life is freaking short. And, you know, I think we we see the bumper sticker, right? But what really what what does that mean? And so I, I just feel like it was, I always say, it was like a chip that was implanted in me, you know, when I was, however that was, you know, 16, 17 years old. And, and so after 10 years in corporate, so I started um, in corporate when I was an undergrad, I got an internship with AT&T, like one of the biggest, you know, companies in the planet. And I, so at 28, I had been doing the corporate thing for 10 years, AT&T, and then my last job was with Lowry's, Lowry's Foods, which is owned by Lipton Corporation. And I just, I, and, and I was also in the 12 step program for my, um, eating disorder at the time. And so I was waking up, like that was my spiritual awakening mm-hmm. was through the 12 steps. You know, I didn't know about intuition or God or higher power, or any of these things, you know, and I didn't know that I was eating my feelings or I didn't know any of that stuff. So I had like, you know, maybe like five years of, you know, the 12 steps under my belt. And I had 10 years in corporate and all I knew was that I was a fragmented person. I was like on this spiritual journey that I couldn't talk about at work. I was, you know, and I was like playing the game and, you know, I was in the food service industry. So it was male dominated, like old white guys, you know, in the food service industry. And, you know, it's just, um, I just, it was so confronting and my body was speaking to me. I had terrible Mm -hmm. migraines. I had suffered with anxiety and I was given this little window, Jesse, I was laid off for the third time in, in a two-year period. And it was enough of a pause where I was like, I started interviewing for the next jobs and I interviewed really well. And I was offered the director job, all, all these things at 28. And I, I'm like, I do not want that job. Like, I do yeah. not want to do it. I just can't do it, you know? And so that's when I, I didn't take another job at 28. And I started, you know, first I just did like a, a freelance and subcontract type stuff. For a little while until ConsciousMarketing.com um, dot com was born in nineteen ninety nine. So um, yeah, that's that's where that's my belief. You know, that's that's it, it started with my mom's cancer, but I, you know, there was a waking up part that was also happening at a young age. So what were you? I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> I, if I could just dig one more cool layer on that. When you when you're because it's it's utterly fascinating. So you have this awakening. You have the spiritual awareness. You go in for the interview, you have a pause, you interview well, you get you offered the job and the job's going to have whatever benefits, whatever salary, whatever title that comes with it, Title,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: What is it that you're saying to yourself in that moment of decision or what is it that you're weighing in that moment of decision that is literally because uh, most of us spend our entire life chasing the title, the salary, the benefits, the, the, the esteem and the prestige that comes with that. And again, at 28 years old, here you are with that. So I just, I, I would love to know like what is going through your head right then in that moment
1: of decision that you say no to this and yes to this piece. It's funny, you know, as you're talking, I, I realized that I actually have a, a picture in my brain of this moment because I was in my car in the parking lot of a vending machine company. That had I had just interviewed for the director of marketing position at this company. It's wow, so clear as day as you're talking about it. I never realized I had such a picture. And I'm in my car, and I just sold the shit out of myself, you know, in this interview. Yes. And I get in my car, and I'm just like, oh, like the I could feel the heaviness and the wow. like the, the anxiety and the stress of even thinking about fulfilling on um, the things that I promised that was what they wanted, you know, that I could yeah. do, even though. I'm sure I could have done it. I'm very bright. You know, it wasn't, it was just, I, I could feel, and I and I think me being connected with my body is also a huge journey for me. And I could just feel the heaviness and the stress and the anxiety of having to deliver, having to be that person that they bought into and, and mm-hmm. realizing this is not me. And I don't know what the F I'm going to do, but I'm not doing this, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah. So I, I I just, um, it's like that thing in my, in the introduction you read is I have a low tolerance to not being happy. I just, I think it was my mom's cancer, you know, it's been a blessing for her. She's now 35 years, you know, cancer free and lives down the street now moved from out from, you know, she's, she's such an inspiration to me. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know, like, I feel like people, other people have had bad shit happen to them and it doesn't wake them up in the yeah. same way that, it, that it seemed to wake me up. So again, sort of all in my divine purpose, I suppose. (laughs) That's
0: incredible. Lisa, before I ask you a final question, because I want to be respectful of your time and I can already tell if I don't be mindful of time, I'm going to keep you for three hours.
1: I know we're having fun, right?
0: (laughs) Where can people find you online?
1: Yeah. So my website is gfr.life, L-I-F-E. That's the main website. And if you want um, a copy of the 12 GFR commandments, and I think three or four, we already mentioned You can go to gfr.life forward slash 12 C, like one, two, like 12 and the letter C for commandments. Um, So you get your commandments. If you want to learn about the squad, do forward slash forward slash squad. Um, And you can find out about that low uh, level investment um, way to just be closer to me and, you know, put some skin in the game on um, your intention to wake up, be more real, be more unapologetic and be more fully expressed in your life and in your business.
0: We have talked a lot about vulnerability, shame, love, expression, and I feel like there's a word that we haven't mentioned that we 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 mentioned briefly before we started, and it's that word is the courage to do all these things. I feel like you're someone, Lisa, in the brief time I've known you, that you are a crusader almost for courage for other people, and that you're creating different platforms for people to really you know, to be vulnerable, to, to work through shame, to give themselves permission, but really that's all about empowering them to be courageous, empowering to be, to find that courage inside of themselves, to really be who they truly are. This is a completely loaded question and it's (laughs) no no small, no small answer. I think no small (laughs) means to answer. So I'm going to tee you up with that. If you could sum up the most important life lesson about being courageous To one singular life lesson to leave us with, what would that be?
1: Do whatever it takes to love yourself.
0: I think you just nailed it and knocked it out of the park. (laughs) That's
1: been my, I know that because that is my core lesson. And even to this day, it's like, I'm just always looking to see where am I not loving myself because I need to love myself in order to help people love themselves.
0: Love that. Everyone my goodness So you are going to want to re-watch and re-listen this one and i encourage you to spend some time with the gfr commandments and the accompanying questions and go through it like i said i ran through it earlier today and it was really fascinating to see some of the things that came up it doesn't take a great deal of time but what it does do is it empowers you with a tremendous opportunity for reflection and and make sure you make that time for yourself i've made some notes the ones i want to reflect on a little bit later too what did Lisa take us on a journey? A journey of self-discovery that started with just noticing how we can change language meanings for different generations just by how we use it. I love the study of, and my homework for her is definitely give us feedback on her 14-year-old in the context she uses the F word in, because I'm really deeply curious now about it. And I think that's so incredible that her primary form of expression of a word that I remember when I hit 14 was all about you know, being cool and more this and more that, and 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 very much weaponizing the word. She's using it in a very much much different way, which I think ties directly into the end piece of do whatever it takes to love yourself. I, I think that when we love ourselves fully, we really can deescalate the meaning of words on our life. And so much of the harm and hurt that we all suffer through in life comes not from others, but it comes from the language that we choose and we use and we weaponize on and against ourselves. Now others may inspire it, absolutely, but it's continually us that's running it through here and here, it goes to that statistic, what is it the average human thinks anywhere from 40 to 80,000 thoughts a day, of which 75% of them can be upwards of 75% can be negative. We are brutal on ourselves at times, much harsher than we will ever be on our worst enemy. And if we can learn to do whatever it takes to love ourselves, it really is a, a dramatic de-escalation in the language. I love to talk about shame. And about giving ourselves permission to be, really be expressive, to go through and, and have that confrontation with those stories we have and be willing to boldly share as Lisa does in her show and what she was just sharing today. And even going to the stuff that is not necessarily what we would traditionally look at as comfortable or okay or the status quo, but the freedom and the permission that comes with that from giving yourself that permission to share, that's, that's the real goldmine that's the real thing. And I think that's what speaks such volumes to who she is and how she shows up is because we can see that there's an authenticity in her. She's not just sharing and saying these things. You can tell she's clearly living it. You can tell there's the congruency through her that what what she speaks is what she lives. And I think that's so extraordinary, especially in the entrepreneurial, you know, if we were to call it expert space, which I don't really like that title, but just for lack of better terms, I think there are a lot of experts out there who will do exactly what Lisa talked about earlier on. They'll go and make the funnel, they'll go and do the launch, they'll go and do all those things, and that's no fault to them. But they are putting the proverbial cart before the horse in that they're doing, the, they're doing the walk, but they're not really going and doing the deep talk with themselves. And I think what's so incredible about that is, is not only does it change your business, but it changes your life. And to have an awareness, and the last piece I wanna to add to this too is, is remember to listen. You know, whether it's your body it's your intuition the fact that at 28 years old she had the foresight and the wherewithal to listen to her body actually having a visceral reaction how many times have we said yes when afterwards we started to have that stirring and churning inside of us and we felt like gosh there's no way i'm going to be able to live up to that and i was being somebody who i'm not really who i'm really not i think this soul thing will would would dramatically reduce most of the heartbreak we suffer in business and in our relationships If we didn't show up trying to be the version that we thought the other people wanted us to be, but instead we just showed up as who we are. God, what an incredible permission would that be. And that, that, my friends, takes courage to do. And Lisa, I I appreciate so much you giving us all permission, empowering each of us to be a little bit more courageous today and doing whatever we need to do to love ourselves. This has been an absolute gift. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Absolutely. We'll see you next time, everyone, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you are finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to.